You know what the most dangerous thing in America is, right? Nigga with a library card. <laughs> This is the Most Dangerous Thing in America podcast, a show in which we read books by black authors and they're talked about by a black author. And you can listen or watch if you are black or not black. This week on the podcast, I read Rachel Hosel Hall's new book called These Toxic Things, a thriller. And yeah, we're going to talk about it today. So I did not read it in physical form because I don't have that capability here in China when I get books, I usually have to buy them off of the Kindle, so I'm going to pull it up here on the Kindle. But yeah, so I bought it, uh, pre-ordered it actually. I don't remember the last time I pre-ordered a book, but I pre-ordered this one. Read it over the course of a few days. Most of the reading I would say I did yesterday. So I read a good percentage of the book yesterday, so breezed right through it. Um, I believe the book came out on September 1st. Yeah, I only had it for a couple days and then and then breezed through it. It was a thriller, just, you know, an exciting book to read. So I'm going to talk about the plot really quick, some character stuff, and just my overall impressions of the book. So, first of all, uh, the plot of the book. So just a pretty straightforward summary. Michaela is a digital archaeologist, and she works for a company that archives people's memories and then turns them into these accessible albums so they can look back on what they've done in their life and kind of remember exactly what happened. And they also use pictures and uh, digital digital technology to, to kind of um, allow the person to be able to access it. And that, I guess they get some kind of device that's probably like, a, like um, one of those Facebook devices that people didn't buy. It's probably that kind of thing. Uh, so she works there and the person that she's working for is mysterious. So she's hired out and contracted out to go do these jobs. She gets contracted out to be a digital archaeologist for a woman who owns a curios shop. So it's a shop full of like curious things, secondhand shop, that kind of thing called uh, Beautiful Things. And that woman is mysteriously found dead. Maybe a suicide, maybe she's murdered. And that's really how the plot kicks off. Um, so that's basically all you need to know about the book to get started. I don't want to give anything away because it's a thriller and a lot of stuff is uncovered as you go. So if that sounds interesting, that's like the plot more or less. You have a young woman, she's 24, works at this kind of like pseudo sci-fi-ish kind of company. And then the person she's working for, it turns up dead. The, let's talk about the, the, the young woman, the main character, the protagonist, uh, Michaela. She, I have a love-hate relationship with this person because I found her very annoying. And the reason I found her very annoying, I think, is not really great. Not a really great reflection on me, but I found it annoying. So the main thing I found annoying about her is that she's young and she keeps making just the mistakes that people make when they're young. So she's really scatterbrained and she doesn't have her stuff together and uh, she'll kind of just, um, she'll just leave things out, for instance. Like, okay, in her fridge, 
or in her apartment, she's constantly forgetting things. So on page 132, for instance, she writes, uh, I forgot to put it back into the fridge this morning. Damn it, moving too fast again. And the thing she forgot to put in was a big, um, a big quart of uh, vanilla latte. For some reason, this character trait just really bothers me. And, I, you know, in my head as I'm reading the book, I'm like, oh, I wasn't like that at 24. But the thing is, is that I was so much worse at 24. So it's really just completely unfair to this person. And then the other thing I don't like about her is that she's like slightly bougie. She goes on a date at some point and she comments on the fact that this dude uh, holds the cutlery incorrectly. And I was like, oh, wow, I can't believe that she would comment on that. And then I was thinking to myself, you would, I would definitely comment on somebody holding the cutlery incorrectly. I talk about people's table manners all the time. <laughs> um, you know, my friends. I don't just make fun of random people. But, like, who am I to say this person is being bougie or that she's scatterbrained when she's 24 when, like, I definitely did all of those things. So I didn't feel too great about being annoyed by it. But at the same time, I guess it's just a function of age. As I get older, I'm only... 35 but as i'm reading about this 24 year old i'm like well, why isn't your why are, why don't you have it more together why are you so scatterbrained why are you so caught up about this why are you so caught up about that but really i'm exactly like that but anyway or was exactly like that i've changed i have changed i'm organized now um ultimately she's not like an anti-hero or something this is not the kind of person where you're like oh it's going to be difficult to like this person because of some terrible flaw it's just she's kind of bougie and um, a little bit figuring herself out as we all were at 24. Most of us were at 24. So that might annoy you if you're pushing. <laughs> Apparently, if you're getting close to 40, that might annoy you. Okay, so through no fault of her own. Um, and then some other characters in the novel that I found interesting. Well, all the characters in the novel are really well drawn and interesting. But some ones that I, I had like issues with uh, besides were Detective Winchester was just so odd at first. What does he do? Well, one thing is he texts so they she first has her Michaela has this interaction with Detective Winchester. It's very unsettling for her, and she really stumbles through talking to him. And that part is also the whole time I'm reading that, I'm like, well, what are you scared for? You've you've not done anything wrong. And then I thought, you know, I've had interactions with the police. Like, am I always scared when I talk to the police? It really depends. Um, in situations in which like I've gotten pulled over by traffic police, I'm definitely on high alert. In a situation where I talked to a detective, which actually has happened to me, I knew I didn't do anything wrong. I wasn't being investigated for anything. So I would say, like, police officers in uniform are the kind of thing I'm more worried about than a detective. In general, a detective, it's like, you know, I'm being interviewed because I may know something, but if I didn't do anything, you know, no problem. Whereas police officers in uniform, not really conducting investigations, are they? Usually not conducting investigations. Most of my interactions with police officers in uniform, I've been hassled. But anyway, this young lady who's, you know, um, kind of bougie and talking to this police officer is just constantly flustered. And the thing is, her uncle is a police officer. So you think she would know a little bit better about, you know, talking to detectives. Again, I could see it with a uniformed officer, but she doesn't. She really doesn't handle it well. And Detective Winchester is playing these, like, mind games with her, trying to kind of mess with her head a little bit and then he eventually after they finish talking he he texts her and tells her something that seems information that I don't think an officer would like offer up 
So I just thought he was a very weird character to the point where I even thought, did he, did he do it? And so I was really on my, on my guard while reading about Detective Winchester. And eventually, whatever's wrong with him, you figure it out. But um, yeah, it threw me off there at the beginning because he was so odd. Another odd character was Riley. So her first interactions with um, Michaela also just super awkward. She's just kind of rude and weird. So she works at the Curios shop, Beautiful Things. And I don't think she discovered the body of the proprietor who, who passed. But she, uh, she works there and was close to the person who owns the shop. And so she just really doesn't like Michaela, who's only, only been involved in these people's lives for a couple of days. She really doesn't like her. And she's just kind of rude to her. And it's just odd. So there's a few characters, Winchester and Riley, who are so off-putting and unsettling because they're just kind of, their interactions with Michaela are just abnormal. So it puts you on your guard as a reader. You're wondering which one of these people did this. And then you have several other characters involved as well. Dexter, several more people who work at the plaza where Beautiful Things is. So there's a lot of suspects on the on the old suspect list. So that was good. So yeah, I I guess with the characters, um, I felt them to be weird and unsettling. And that definitely added to the atmosphere of the novel. And then so for the plot, um, I mean, obviously I read a good portion of this book in one go yesterday. So the plot moves pretty quickly. I'm almost torn between the idea of, did I want the plot to move faster? so I could get through the book even quicker, or actually was the plot moving really fast, and that's why, like, just feeding me bit by bit each time was that was that what was making me read so quickly. Like, the book is over 400 pages, I think. It's hard to tell on a Kindle. But I was reading until 11.30 last night before I was like, okay, I gotta wake up at 6 tomorrow. Gotta have six solid hours, so I gotta cut this thing off. So clearly I was definitely invested, and I finished the book this morning. But clearly I was definitely invested, so the plot was obviously moving quick enough, but I wanted it to move even quicker, which is probably a good sign that I just wanted to finish the book. So, yeah, plot moves pretty quick. Definitely trying to sort through all the characters throughout the novel and figure out who is responsible, if anybody is responsible, for the mysterious death of the proprietor of the shop. And then, um, yeah, eventually you get there. And there's some twists and turns along the way, for sure. So that's really the the uh, meat and potatoes of the novel. Now I kind of want to talk about the writing style, which I really liked. Uh, there were some interesting innovations. One of the things was there were a few interludes where we actually get the perspective of a killer. But it's not... We don't know what that killer is doing. They're definitely weird. And they're definitely going to kill someone. But we don't really know who the people are that they are killing. We don't know if it has anything to do with Michaela. We don't know if it has anything to do with beautiful things. And so they're kind of just these snapshot scenes that happen. They're not too frequent so that you're distracted. And they're not so infrequent that you forget about them. So they're kind of perfectly placed. And yeah, it feels very cinematic. So that was cool. Change of perspective, but doesn't give anything away. There's not too much information. Kind of just leaves you thirsty for more. So that was really good. 
another thing I liked that I noticed was like different or at least um, just interesting was the way text messaging is captured, which is something that kind of everybody who's writing for the last 20 years has had to figure out. And I thought that uh, Rachel Hosel Hall did a really good job of capturing how text messages work and just putting it on the page. She chose to just change the font and then make the words appear in bold. And I thought that was really good and definitely got the point across, but also didn't, I think I've seen other people where they will consistently like say, you know, this person, or first of all, they'll write what the person said. So I will be there in 10 minutes, he texted. Okay, see you then, she replied, right? Just going like that. She didn't do that. She just put it in bold and made it pretty obvious who was saying what. And that helps to like speed up the reading process. It helps to filter the information. And really, if you've drawn the characters well enough, and she did, then you don't need to every single time let us know this character is talking about this. Like when she's texting her best friend in the novel, Imani and Sasha, because we know what Imani and Sasha talk about, we're good. We don't we don't need necessarily for the writer to say, oh yeah, Imani just texted this. It's like, well, Imani talks about this stuff, so we know that's Imani, okay. So yeah, I, I really liked those couple of things about the writing style. And then, okay, lastly, a couple of interesting moments um, in general. I guess we'll just call this the black section. How about that? Lastly, the black section. On page 50, so Michaela is freaking out because she received like a bad text message from somebody uh, unrelated to her work at Beautiful Things. She just received this bad text message, kind of freaking out. And that's another storyline that's happening in the book, which we're unsure of if it's related or not. But on page 50, when you first are starting out, you're pretty sure that none of this is related and you you kind of don't know why she's freaking out so much, but uh, then she's at her house and somebody slides a note under her door. So now that's reason to freak out. So her dad goes outside and he's got his gun and he he uh, he threatens him. And when he threatens whoever's out there, he doesn't see anybody, but whoever he threatens. And her father is an accountant. And again, it's made pretty clear that they're, the term black excellence is used in the novel to describe her family, but it's kind of like that scene in Us where the main character, the patriarch, not the main character, the patriarch is trying to intimidate whoever is trying to invade their home, and he also falls back on street talk, and it's kind of just a funny truth of anybody in any culture will code switch into whatever they think is the rougher sounding version of their race, nationality, ethnicity, whatever. So for black people, the default is street talk. So all of a sudden her father's got a gun and he is, uh, he's talking in the street talk and, uh, just kind of funny. It's like imagining Cliff, uh, Cliff Huxtable, not Bill Cosby, the actual fictional character, Cliff Huxtable out there with a gun, uh, shouting at somebody. And then the other two instances where this were in, where this was interesting was on page 176 and 181. I wrote down as I was reading authenticity. So there was when she's on a date. 
I don't even want to say with who. I don't want to give anything away. But she's on a date with somebody. And she says, uh, graduations were actually the only times my family acted like crazy, loud black people. I didn't write down authenticity for for this part. I just uh, thought this was an interesting thing to say. The only time my family acted like crazy, loud black people does sound like somebody, something that somebody who is relatively bougie would say. Like, oh no, we were buttoned down black excellent family, except at graduations. That were, that's where we got all crazy and loud, kind of buying into that stereotype. That being said, it's not like I don't have uh, crazy loud black relatives. So, you know, hey, sometimes a stereotype is a stereotype for a reason. And uh, like Chappelle said, it's just funny, not a reason to hate a person. And then the other time was on page 181. So just a few pages later, same date. She's describing her family, and she says, because she's narrating the story, black excellence, no drama, not really. And then the character she's talking to says, oh, you know, that's good. People work hard so that their family doesn't have to experience too much drama. And then she thinks to herself, I want to say, my Aunt Angie was killed in a drive-by, but that would seem a little greedy. And I just think that was funny or interesting. Um... How we all want to prove that we come from somewhere, quote unquote, real. And yeah, like, well, for one, she's admonishing herself here because it's like, I don't need to have everything. I can just be the person who has, you know, a great upbringing and stable family and uh, two parents who were able to go to university and have white collar jobs, I don't also need to be greedy and say like, oh, but also, you know, I was living this kind of life too. When that won't make you any blacker if you had a, uh, a, a relative who was killed in a drive-by. It doesn't make you blacker, makes you a person who grew up in a place with gangs uh, that was economically disadvantaged. So more, more likely than not, right? So, um, yeah, just an interesting thing that's always in there. But mostly the book doesn't focus on any of that, right? The book is not actually about race. But I, I always like when a writer can comment on race just in a sentence or two, you know? So that kind of thing is what, one sentence, it's in there, and then we move on. The mo the meat of the book is talking about um, plot and just the story and just Michaela as a person. If there were any more things that we're focusing on, like... Um, you know, social issues, I would say focus more on women and how they have to navigate the world with like so many crazy men in it. There's a scene where Michaela is going to a coffee shop and there's a dude talking and he's kind of nuts and he's, um, you know, his story sounds kind of tragic and it would be tragic if he wasn't also insane and trying to sexually assault Michaela. And so, you know, she flees the coffee shop. And maybe some people will read this and go like, oh, well, how could this happen to one person? You know, is it true that this happens to women this often? But if you talk to any woman, you'll find out it happens way more often than it should. And um, she's in Los Angeles. My sister, I remember when she moved to Los Angeles, was working at a restaurant and would tell me stories all the time that were just eye-opening and then uh, of course when I moved to Los Angeles myself found out for myself from friends who lived there too so 
Yeah, that would be the closest thing to social issues that are covered in the book. But by and large, that's not the meat of the book. The meat of the book is a cool thriller, an interesting story. And yeah, um, it was a fun read. It was a quick read. My first Rachel Hosel, Hosel, hope I'm saying that name correctly, Rachel Hosel Halls, uh, the first of her books that I've ever read. And I would come back for more. She writes a detective series, and that's what I really like. So, yeah, I would love to read a story where the detective is at the center. But this was also fun. A quick read, a uh, fast-paced read, and an exciting read. But for me personally, I didn't really vibe with the main character. But that might just be on me. But that might just be on me being 35 and my hairline receding. So... Uh, maybe, maybe I will, um, I'll jive a little bit more with a different book, uh, with a detective or something like that. I love detective stories here. The detective wasn't the center of the story. So, so that's going to do it for this week. A quick read, a fiction read, uh, next week we are going to read and talk about black buck by Matteo Ascaripor. Really hoping I'm saying that name correctly. Let's give it one more shot. Mateo Escaripor. So until then, stay safe, stay black, and keep reading.